Section 32 of The Natural History, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 7, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 32. Chapters 25 to 46. Chapter 25. The Magnet. Three Remedies. Upon quitting the marbles, to pass on to other more remarkable stones, who can for a moment doubt that the magnet will be the first to suggest itself? For what, in fact, is there endowed with more marvelous properties than this? Or in which of her departments has nature displayed a greater degree of waywardness? She has given a voice to rocks, as already mentioned, and has enabled them to answer man, or rather, I should say, to throw back his own words in his teeth. What is there in existence more inert than a piece of rigid stone? And yet, behold, nature has here endowed stone with both sense and hands. What is there more stubborn than hard iron? Nature has, in this instance, bestowed upon it both feet and intelligence. It allows itself, in fact, to be attracted by the magnet, and itself a metal, which subdues all other elements, it precipitates itself towards the source of an influence at once mysterious and unseen. The moment the metal comes near it, it springs toward the magnet, and as it clasps it, is held fast in the magnet's embraces. Hence it is that this stone is sometimes known by the name of Sideritus, another name given it being Heracleon. It received its name Magnus, Nicander informs us, from the person who was the first to discover it, upon Ida. It is found, too, in various other countries, as in Spain, for example. Magnus, it is said, made this discovery, when, upon taking his herds to pasture, he found that the nails of his shoes and the iron ferrule of his staff adhered to the ground. Sodicus describes five different kinds of magnet, the Ethiopian magnet, that of Magnesia, a country which borders on Macedonia and lies to the right of the road which leads from the town of Beb to Ilocus, a third from Hydeus in Boeotia, a fourth from Alexandria in Troas, and a fifth from Magnesia in Asia. The leading distinction in magnets is the sex, male and female, and the next great difference in them is the color. Those of Magnesia, bordering on Macedonia, are of a reddish black, those of Boeotia are more red than black, and the kind that is found in Troas is black of the female sex and consequently destitute of attractive power. The most inferior, however, of all are those of Magnesia in Asia. They are white, have no attractive influence on iron, and resemble pumice in appearance. It has been found by experience that the more nearly the magnet approaches to an azure color, the better it is in quality. The Ethiopian magnet is looked upon as the best of all, and is purchased at its weight in silver. Zimmerus in Ethiopia is the place where it is found, such being the name of a region there covered with sand. In the same country, too, the magnet called hematites is found, a stone of blood-red color, and which, when bruised, yields a tint like that of blood, as also of saffron. The hematites has not the same property of attracting iron that the ordinary magnet has. The Ethiopian magnet is recognized by this peculiarity, that it has the property also of attracting other magnets to it. All these minerals are useful as ingredients in ophthalmic preparations, in certain proportions according to the nature of each. 
They are particularly good, too, for arresting defluxions of the eyes. Triturated in a calcinated state, they have a healing effect upon burns. In Ethiopia, too, not far from Zamoris, there is a mountain in which the stone called Theomedes is found, a mineral which repels and rejects all kinds of iron. Of the attractive and repulsive properties of iron, we have spoken more than once. Chapter 26. Stone of Skyros In the Isle of Skyros, there is a stone, they say, which floats upon the water when whole, but which falls to the bottom when broken into fragments. Chapter 27. Sarcophagus, or Stone of Assos. Ten Remedies At Assos in Troas, there is found a stone of a laminated texture called sarcophagus. It is a well-known fact that dead bodies, when buried in this stone, are consumed in the course of forty days with the sole exception of the teeth. According to Musianus, too, mirrors, body scrapers, garments, and shoes that have been buried with the dead become transformed into stone. In Lycia and in the East, there are certain stones of a similar nature, which, when attached to the bodies of the living, even, corrode the flesh. Chapter 28. Chernites. Less active in its properties is Chernites, a stone which preserves bodies without consuming them, and strongly resembles ivory in appearance. The body of King Darius, they say, was buried in it. The stone that is known as porous is similar to Piraean marble in hardness and whiteness, but is not so heavy. Theophrastus mentions also a transparent stone that is found in Egypt and is similar to stone of Chios in appearance. It is by no means improbable that it may have existed in his time, for stones, we know, disappear, and new kinds are discovered. The stone of Assos, which is saltish to the taste, modifies the attacks of gout, the feet being placed in a vessel made of it for the purpose. In addition to which, in the quarries of this stone, all maladies of the legs disappear, whereas in mines in general, the legs become affected with disease. Flower of stone of Assos is the name given to a soft stone which crumbles into dust and is found very efficacious in some cases. It resembles red pumice in appearance. In combination with Cyprian wax, this stone is curative of affections of the mammala. And employed with pitch or resin, it disperses scrofulous sores and inflammatory tumors. Used in the form of an electuary, it is good for thysis, and with honey, it causes old sores to cicatrize and consumes proud flesh. It is used also for the cure of wounds of an obstinate nature inflicted by animals and acts as a desiccative upon suppurations. Plasters, too, are made of it for gout, bean metal being incorporated with it for the purpose. Chapter 29. Osseous Stones, Palm Stones, Korani, Black Stones. Theophrastus and Musianus are of the opinion that there are certain stones which bring forth other stones. Theophrastus states also that a fossil ivory is found, both white and black, that the earth, too, produces bones, and that osseous stones are sometimes found. In the vicinity of Munda in Spain, the place where the dictator Caesar defeated Pompeius, there are stones found which, when broken asunder, bear the impression of palm leaves. There are some black stones also, which are held in much the same esteem as the marbles, the Tenorean stone, for example. Varro says that the black stone of Africa is more durable than that of Italy, while, on the other hand, the white Korani are harder than the Parian marble. He states also that the silex of Luna admits of being cut with a saw, that that of Tusculum decrepitates in the fire, 
that the tawny silex of the Sabine districts, with the addition of oil, will yield a flame even, and that, at Volsini, molar stones for grinding are found. Among the prodigies that have happened, I find mention made of millstones that have moved of themselves. Chapter 30. Molar Stones, Pyrites, Seven Remedies. In no other country are the molar stones superior to those of Italy. Stones, be it remembered, are not fragments of rock. There are some provinces, too, where they are not to be found at all. Some stones of this class are softer than others, and admit of being smoothed with a whetstone, so as to present all the appearance, at a distance, of ophites. There is no stone of a more durable nature than this, for in general, stone, like wood, suffers from the action, more or less, of rain, heat, and cold. Some kinds, again, become deteriorated by the action of the moon, while others are apt to contract a rust in lapse of time, or to change their white color when steeped in oil. Some persons give this molar stone the name of pyrites, from the circumstance that it has a great affinity to fire. But there is also another kind of pyrites, of a more porous nature, and another, again, which resembles copper. This last, it is said, is found in the mines near Akamas in the Isle of Cyprus, one variety of it being of a silver, another of a golden color. There are various methods of melting these stones, some persons fusing them twice, or three times even, in honey till all the liquid has evaporated, while others, again, calcine them upon hot coals, and, after treating them with honey, wash them like copper. The medicinal properties which these minerals possess are of a calorific, desiccative, dispersive, and resolvent nature, and, applied topically, they cause indurations to separate. They are employed also, in a crude state and pulverized, for the cure of scrofulous sores and boils. Some writers mention another kind of pyrites also. These among them have the greatest affinity to fire, which we distinguish as live pyrites. They are the most ponderous of all, and are found remarkably useful for advance guards when laying out encampments. For, on being struck with a nail or any other kind of stone, they emit a spark, which, received upon sulfur, dried fungus, or leaves, produces a fire almost sooner than it could be named. Chapter 31 Ostracites, four remedies. Amianthus, two remedies. The several varieties of ostracites bear a resemblance to shells. They are used by way of substitute for pumice stone for smoothing the skin. Taken in drink, they arrest discharges of blood, and applied topically with honey, they are curative of ulcerations and pains in the mammalae. Amianthus resembles alumen in appearance and suffers no diminution from the action of fire. This substance effectually counteracts all noxious spells, those wrought by magicians in particular. Chapter 32. Geodes. Three remedies. Geodes is so called from its formation, it containing earth within. It is remarkably beneficial for the eyes and is used for the cure of diseases of the testes and mammalia. Chapter 33. Melatinus. Six remedies. The stone called melatinus yields a liquid that is sweet like honey. Bruised and incorporated with wax, it is curative of pituitous eruptions, spots on the skin, and ulcerations of the fauces. It removes epinicus also, and applied as a pessary in wool, it alleviates pains in the uterus. Chapter 34. Gagets. Six remedies. Gagets is a stone, so called from gages, the name of a town and river in Lycia. It is asserted, too, that at Lucola the sea throws it up, 
and that it is found over a space twelve stadia in extent. It is black, smooth, light, and porous, differs but little from wood in appearance, is of a brittle texture, and emits a disagreeable odor when rubbed. Marks made upon pottery with this stone cannot be effaced. When burnt, it gives out a sulfurous smell, and it is a singular fact that the application of water ignites it, while that of oil quenches it. The fumes of it, burnt, keep serpents at a distance and dispel hysterical affections. They detect a tendency also to epilepsy and act as a test of virginity. A decoction of this stone in wine is curative of toothache, and, in combination with wax, it is good for scrofula. The magicians, it is said, make use of gagets in the practice of what they call axionomacy, and they assure us that it will be sure not to burn if the thing is about to happen as the party desires. Chapter 35. Spungites. Two Remedies. The stone called spungites is found in sponges and is a marine formation. By some persons it is called tecolithos from the circumstance that it is curative of affections of the bladder. Taken in wine, it breaks and disperses urinary calculi. Chapter 36. Phrygian Stone. Phrygian stone is so called from the country which produces it and which is a porous mass like pumice. It is first saturated with wine and then calcined, the fire being kept up with the bellows till the stone is brought to a red heat, which done, it is quenched in sweet wine. The operation is repeated three times. The only use made of it is for dyeing cloths. Chapter 37. Hematites. Five Remedies. Schizotes. Seven Remedies. Schizotes and hematites have a certain affinity between them. The latter is found in mines, and, when burnt, has just the color of minium. It is calcined in the same manner as the Phrygian stone, but is not quenched in wine. Adulterations of it are detected by the appearance of red veins in it, and by its comparative friability. It is marvelously useful as an application for bloodshot eyes, and, taken internally, it acts as a check upon female discharges. To patients vomiting blood, it is administered in combination with pomegranate juice. It is very efficacious also for affections of the bladder, and it is taken with wine for the cure of wounds inflicted by serpents. In all these cases, the stone called schizotes is most efficacious, though not in so high a degree as the other, the most serviceable being that which resembles saffron in color. Applied with woman's milk, it is particularly useful for resting discharges from the corners of the eyes, and it is also very serviceable for reducing proceedence of those organs. Such, at least, is the opinion of the authors who have most recently written on the subject. Chapter 38. Ethiopic Hematites, Andromedas, Two Remedies, Arabian Hematites, Miltites or Hepatites, Anthracites. Sodicus, one of the most ancient writers, says that there are five kinds of hematites, in addition to the magnet so-called. He gives the preference among them to that of Ethiopia, a very useful ingredient in ophthalmic preparations and in compositions which he calls pancresta and good for the cure of burns. The second, he says, is called andromedus, of a black color, remarkable for its weight and hardness, to which it owes its name, in fact, and found in Africa more particularly. It attracts silver, he says, copper and iron, and is tested with a touchstone made of bassanites. It yields a liquid, the color of blood, and is an excellent remedy for diseases of the liver. 
The third kind that he mentions is the hematites of Arabia, a mineral of equal hardness and which with difficulty yields upon the water whetstone a liquid sometimes approaching the tint of saffron. The fourth kind, he says, is known as heptidites while raw and as miltites when calcined, a substance good for burns and more efficacious than rubrica for the purposes for which that mineral is employed. The fifth variety is schistose, a substance which, taken internally, arrests hemorrhoidal discharges. Upon the same authority, it is recommended to take any kind of hematites, fasting, in doses of three drachma, triturated in oil, for affections of the blood. The same author mentions also a kind of schistose, which has no affinity to hematites, and which he gives the name of anthracites. It is a native of Africa, he says, and is of a black color. When rubbed upon a water whetstone, it yields a black color on the side which has adhered to the earth, and on the opposite side a saffron tint. He states also that it is a useful ingredient in ophthalmic preparations. Chapter 39. Etites, Tafusian Stone, Calamus. The stone called etites has a great reputation in consequence of the name which it bears. It is found in the nests of eagles, as already mentioned in our tenth book. There are always two of these stones found together, they say, a male stone and a female. And without them, it is said, the various eagles that we have described would be unable to propagate. Hence it is, too, that the young of the eagle are never more than two in number. There are four varieties of the etites. That of Africa is soft and diminutive, and contains in the interior, in its bowels, as it were, a sweet, white, argillaceous earth. It is friable, and is generally thought to be one of the female sex. The male stone, on the other hand, which is found in Arabia, is hard and similar to a nutgall in appearance, or else of a reddish hue, with a hard stone in the interior. The third kind is a stone found in the Isle of Cyprus, and resembles those of Africa in appearance, but is larger and flat, while the others are of a globular form. It contains a sand within, of a pleasing color, and mixed with small stones, being so soft itself as to admit of being crushed between the fingers. The fourth variety is known as the Tafusian etites, and is found near Lucas at Tafusia, a locality which lies to the right as you sail from Ithaca towards Cape Lucas. It is met with in the beds of rivers there, and is white and round, having another stone in the interior, the name given to which is Calamus. None of the varieties of etites have a smoother surface than this, attached to pregnant women, or to cattle, in the skins of animals that have been sacrificed. These stones act as a preventative of abortion, care being taken not to remove them till the moment of paturation, for otherwise the procedence of the uterus is the result. If, on the other hand, they are not removed at the moment when paturation is about to ensue, that operation of nature cannot be effected. Chapter 40. Samian Stone. Eight Remedies. Samian Stone comes from the same island which produces the earth in praise of which we have spoken already. It is useful for giving a polish to gold, and is employed medicinally for the treatment of ulcerations of the eyes, combined with milk, in manner already described. It is good, too, for watery discharges of a chronic nature from the eyes. Taken internally, it is useful for affections of the stomach, and has the effect of dispelling vertigo and restoring the spirits when depressed. Some writers are of the opinion that this stone may be administered with advantage for epilepsy and strangury, and it is employed as an ingredient in the restoratives known as acopa. 
The test of its purity is its weight and its whiteness. Some persons will have it that, worn as an amulet, it acts as a preventive of abortion. Chapter 41. Arabian Stone. Six Remedies. Arabian stone resembles ivory in appearance, and in a calcined state it is employed as a dentifrice. It is particularly useful for the cure of hemorrhoidal swellings, applied either by lint or by the aid of linen pledgets. Chapter 42. Pumice. Nine Remedies. And here, too, I must not omit to give some account of pumice. This name is very generally given, it is true, to those porous pieces of stone, which we see suspended in the erections known as musea, with the view of artificially giving them all the appearance of caverns. But the genuine pumice stones, that are in use for imparting smoothness to the skin of females, and not females only, but men as well, and, as Catullus says, for polishing books, are found of the finest quality in the islands of Milos and Nisyros, and in the Aetolian Isles. To be good, they should be white, as light as possible, porous and dry in the extreme, friable, and free from sand when rubbed. Considered medicinally, pumice is of a resolvent and desiccative nature, for which purpose it is submitted to calcination no less than three times on a fire of pure charcoal, it being quenched as often in white wine. It is then washed like cadmia, and, after being dried, is put by for keeping in a place as free from damp as possible. In a powdered state, pumice is used in ophthalmic preparations more particularly, and acts as a lenitive detergent upon ulcerations of the eyes. It also makes new flesh upon cicatrizations of those organs, and removes all traces of the marks. Some prefer, after the third calcination, leaving the pumice to cool, and then triturating it in wine. It is employed also as an ingredient in emollient poultices, being extremely useful for ulcerations on the head and generative organs. Dentifrices, too, are prepared from it. According to Theophrastus, persons, when drinking for a wager, are in the habit of taking powdered pumice first, but they run a great risk, he says, if they fail to swallow the whole draught of wine at once, it being so refrigerative of a nature that grape juice will absolutely cease to boil if pumice is put into it. Chapter 43. Stones for Mortars, Used in Medicinal and Other Purposes, Etesian Stone, The Baic Stone, Chalazian Stone. Authors, too, have paid some attention to the stones in use for mortars, not only those employed for the trituration of drugs and pigments, but for other purposes as well. In this respect, they have given the preference to Etesian Stone before all others, and, next to that, to Thebaic Stone, already mentioned, as being called Pyhopsilion, and known as Saranus by some. The third rank has been assigned to Chrysites, a stone nearly allied to Chalazian stone. For medicinal purposes, however, Vassanites has been preferred, this being a stone that remits no particles from its surface. Those stones which yield a liquid are generally looked upon as good for the trituration of ophthalmic preparations, and hence it is that the Ethiopian stone is so much in request for the purpose. Tenarian stone, they say, Phoenician stone, and hematites are good for the preparation of those medicinal compositions in which saffron forms an ingredient. But they also speak of another Tenarian stone of a dark color, which, like Parian stone, is not so well adapted for medicinal purposes. We learn from them, too, that Egyptian alabastrites, or white ophites, from the virtues inherent in them, are considered still better adapted for these purposes than the kinds last mentioned. 
It is this kind of ophites, too, from which vessels, and casks even, are made. Chapter 44. Stone of Siphnos. Soft Stones. At Siphnos, there is a kind of stone which is hollowed and turned in a lathe for making cooking utensils and vessels for keeping provisions. A thing, too, that, to my own knowledge, is done with the green stone of Comum in Italy. With reference, however, to the stone of Siphnos, it is a singular fact that, when heated in oil, though naturally very soft, it becomes hard and black, so great a difference is there in the qualities of stone. There are some remarkable instances, too, beyond the Alps, of the natural softness of some kinds of stone. In the province of the Belgia, there is a white stone which admits of being cut with a saw that is used for wood, and with greater facility even. This stone is used as a substitute for roof tiles and gutter tiles, and even for the kind of roofing known as the pavanaceous tile, if that is preferred. Such are the stones that admit of being cut into thin slabs. Chapter 45 Specular Stones As to specular stone, for this too is ranked as one of the stones, it admits of being divided with still greater facility and can be split into leaves as thin as may be desired. The province of nearer Spain used formerly to be the only one that furnished it, not indeed the whole of that country, but a district extended for a hundred miles around the city of Segobrica. But at the present day, Cyprus, Cappadocia, and Sicily supply us with it and still more recently, it has been discovered in Africa. They are all, however, looked upon as inferior to the stone which comes from Spain. The sheets from Cappadocia are the largest in size, but then they are clouded. This stone is to be found also in the territory of Bononia in Italy, but in small pieces only, covered with spots and encrusted in a bed of silex, there being considerable affinity, it would appear, in their nature. In Spain, the specular stone is extracted from shafts sunk in the earth to a very considerable depth, though it is occasionally to be found just beneath the surface, enclosed in solid rock, and extracted without difficulty, or else cut away from its bed. In most cases, however, it admits of being dug up, being of an isolated nature, and lying in pieces, like ragstone, but never known as yet to exceed five feet in length. It would appear that this substance is originally a liquid, which, by an animating power in the earth, becomes congealed like crystal. And it is very evident that it is the result of petrification from the fact that, when animals have fallen into the shafts from which it is extracted, the marrow of their bones becomes transformed into stone of a similar nature by the end of a single winter. In some cases, too, it is found of a black color, but the white stone has the marvelous property, soft as it is known to be, of resisting the action of the sun and of cold, nor will it, if it is only protected from accidents, become deteriorated by lapse of time, a thing that is so generally the case with many other kinds of stone that are used for building purposes. The shavings, too, and the scales of this stone have been used of late for another purpose, the Circus Maximus, having been strewed with them at the celebration of the games, with the object of producing an agreeable whiteness. Chapter 46. Fengites. During the reign of Nero, there was a stone found in Cappadocia, as hard as marble, white, and transparent, even in those parts where red veins were to be seen upon it, a property which has obtained for it the name of Fengites. It was with this stone that Nero rebuilt the Temple of Fortune, surnamed Sia, originally consecrated by King Servius, enclosing it within the precincts of his golden palace. Hence it was that, even when the doors were closed, there was light in the interior during the day, not transmitted from without, as would be the case through a medium of specular stone, 
but is having all the appearance of being enclosed within the building. In Arabia, too, according to Juba, there is a stone, transparent like glass, which is used for the same purposes as specular stone. End of section 32